It's the Drunk Friend Podcast, and we're your drunk 90s nerd gaming friends. I'm Travis, and I'm still sore from all that wrestling in the last episode. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I uh, I went down the rabbit hole of getting the WWE Network just to prepare for that podcast. I do my homework, and I thought maybe after that podcast was over, I would step back from it, let the nostalgia just drip off of me, and I would go to something else, but no. I'm probably on my 10th Royal Rumble in the past four days, and Ooh, okay. I'm loving it. Loving it. Have you have you watched 92 yet? With I did. The one that, that Ric Flair wins? It was amazing, yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Especially his promo after. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to me how every single time I watch one of those, there's a new wrestler that pops up that, I, that just sparks an old memory. The latest one was Too Cold Scorpio. I was like, oh my God, I remember that guy. Oh, yeah. ECW legend, Too Cold Scorpio. So we do have a guest coming on this show in a little bit, but first, a few housekeeping items. Uh, my mic was a little low last time, and I got mic fever. I got this new mic. I don't know what I'm doing. I was trying to compensate for room noise, and I turned myself down too much, and I didn't notice it during the edit because I got these big old cans of these these headphones that are just giant that looks like I'm nice. trying to pick up a signal from outer space, and so I could hear me clearly on those, but when I listened to me in the car, it was pretty low. So I apologize for that. We'll make it right next time. Right on. And we'll make sure to say right on another 50 times this we time. We got to do it. Yeah, we yeah. have to hit our 50 quota. That's right. I'm keeping track. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, I'm not speaking of anything, this is a this is a transition out of nowhere. <laughs> this past week, you released two, two videos that are atypical for your channel, steeped in humor, a little off the beaten path, the Wizard of Oz one and the race driving one. So what's the what's this weird week like been for SNES Drunk? Well, the Wizard of Oz video, um, there's it's it's hard not to just like you know bury a game completely and just leave it at that. I wanted to have a little fun with it, so I I wanted to make it dramatic with like the Carl Sagan thing. Originally, I wanted to I, I was going to quote Mister Rogers <laughs> and say, um, uh, "I like you just the way you are." Well, that's not the case with Wizard. <laughs> that's <my super> <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes you how you are the way you are in Wizard of Oz. But I ended up going with like another PBS legend, uh Carl Sagan. I thought it was I thought I just thought it would be funny. It was. But the race the thanks. The race driving thing has been completely insane. 3000 comments in like less than a day. So what's what's average for you? What's uh what are we comparing 3000 to? Like it's usually like 200, 250. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah, this just blew the hell up. Like, it got the same amount of views, but, like, everybody chimed in. <laughs> so everyone's kind of laughing at it, or... For the most you... part, yeah. Okay. Some people, you know, are... I, I shouldn't even say some people. Like, there's a scattered few, because it's right now it's sitting at, like, 7,000 likes <laughs> compared to 550 dislikes. Right. And so it's 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 really tough, because it's, like... 
especially I think the quarantine has a little bit to do with that too because you feel like you're just getting overwhelmed and just like hit from all sides both good and bad Mm -hmm. and I say that because I feel the need to respond to everybody and I can't like (laughs) I can't keep up and it gets overwhelming and it's just like what do I do oh there's nowhere for me to go I'm stuck with it. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I can't keep up. But in the meantime, there's nothing else for me to do. So it's it's kind of hard to deal with. It's like I was not expecting that at all. So the past few days have been strange, to say the least. That's why I put that post up today. Just, you know, I like giving people a little bit of insight as to what this is like from behind the curtain. Because in my opinion, it's weird. I don't know how it is for you. It's weird for me. Just the, the onslaught of, of comments and feedback is weird it's that's weird and um yeah just the psychoanalyze the armchair psychologists that are you know there's again there's there's only like a few of these people but they're like trying to analyze like my rationalization for this and what i should be doing and what i should be thinking (laughs) and it's like how about you just like kind of take off your glasses and have a nice tall glass iced tea and go watch somebody else for a while that's that's, (laughs) that's my opinion and for those that may not have gotten to it yet, the race driving video is hilarious because you took some some comments from people that I mean, there are hundreds of them. It felt like it had to be close to a hundred at least. Uh, well, no, it, it, I, there are hundreds of them, but I only took about fifty. All Jesus. I have to do is, is go into the uh, channel comments, and it, uh, the YouTube Studio allows you to search by keyword. Yeah. So all all I had to do was type intro. That's what I figured. And, yeah. Yeah, and I use clipping tool to just like <laughs> highlight. It took a total of like 10 minutes to find 50 comments. Jesus. And it's all the people so, that just have always had this weird disdain for your tight, concise two second intro. And <laughs> that, that was the whole point is like, look how stupid this is. Yeah. Like, look how dumb people will complain about anything if they're complaining about this. So, oh, yeah, man. that that was the whole point. I loved it. And also think it worked into a very apt review of race driving. I don't think you could have done it better. <laughs> well, it was either that or Bebe's Kids or Space Ace <laughs> yeah. or what are some other ones? See, I yeah. already did uh, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. True. I already did Pit Fighter. Um, there's still like Captain Novelin and stuff like that too, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Race <laughs> Driving is, it might have been the first ever PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> It's that it's so slow. bad. I, I, that was one of those games I played it for like two seconds was like, I cannot believe how bad this is. Like, yeah. this is how did this get past testing? This is unbelievably like unplayable. It's one but of yeah. those that sold off screenshots alone. People saw the back <laughs> right, of the box. Exactly. I, I'm sure it did. Yeah, absolutely, man. I liked it. I, I, the funny thing Thanks. was I had the video on and again, if you've not seen it, you need to, but it's a very, very long drawn out SNES drunk intro. And my wife's in the other room. And after about mm, 48 seconds, she's like, what is that? She like thought there were bees in the house or something like that. I was like, oh, sorry. Yes. Nest drunk. He's having he's having some fun. I'm just watching this. So right. Uh, that sounds good to me. Whole family was on high alert. Uh I want to thank everyone if you've left a review for us. That's awesome. We We really only see the ones on iTunes. At least I'm not savvy enough with the internet to know how to find them elsewhere um but they do help us out a lot they're not just for our egos it does help trick itunes into getting more eyes and specifically ears on the show so we do appreciate that yeah thanks everyone and thanks for the emails and feedback to uh drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com 
we're still thinking of making a YouTube channel for the show. Uh, maybe it posts episodes uh, like a week later. So our podcast stats still reflect, you know, they still give us a good idea of what kind of listenership we're getting. Yeah, maybe maybe with a new channel or something like that. That way we're not cluttering um, the right. feeds that people have been used to for seven plus years in your case. It would be a drunk friend channel, I'm sure. Yeah. I think we will probably end up waiting until we got a little bit more of a backlog. I think this is episode six, so... We'll wait till we get like I don't know a few a few more under our belt, and that that way we can upload all it at once, and that allows people to get caught up. All right, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right, I'm I'm excited for today's guest personally. Coming up on this episode is Pam from the YouTube channel Cannot Be Tamed. She's got th- nearly 300 videos, uh, plenty of in-depth reviews spanning across all kinds of different systems and consoles, whether it's uh, old PC games. Uh, all sorts of stuff. She even co- does cover modern titles as well. She also does um, some great collection reviews too. I don't normally like to watch people just thumb through every game on their shelf, but she does a really good job of getting like the uh, some 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 footage and talking through the games at length. So it's not just people showing me stacks of box art for thirty minutes. She's actually she does some mini reviews as she goes. I really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and she also calls out mean commenters. So, without further ado, (laughs) welcome Pam. Hello, Pam. Thank you so much for hopping on here with us for part two of our 90s wrestling series. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, how are you dealing right now through everything? Is, Is everything going well for you? Everything's good for me. I feel almost a little guilty. I mean, some of my coworkers have kids and stuff at home with them, and Ooh. they're very stressed out. But I I work from home two days a week normally, and I work in IT, so it's like pretty easy to do my work from home, and I'm a homebody anyway. So I'm having a fine time, other than the fact that I can't go grocery shopping as often as I'd like. Yeah, we're we're doing the uh, the click list pickup. We were doing that before the pandemic made it cool, and mm. <laughs> they my our issue is that with that is that they always they put like everything in a different bag. Like if you order four cans of tuna, each one gets its own bag. There's just so oh so many bags. Jeez. I can make a parachute out of the bags I get every time I go to Kroger. <laughs> I used to do that with my GI Joes. I used to take <laughs> the plastic grocery bags and like, okay, Lieutenant Flint, you're going off the top of the concrete stairs here onto the driveway. Nice. Goodbye. Hopefully this thing doesn't have a hole in it that I haven't noticed. <laughs> well, there'll be no shortage of parachutes for your army now. Yeah, exactly. You do the click listing. Uh, but yeah, I wiping down the groceries. Is everyone doing that or is that just my crazy wife making me do it? I have not wiped down any groceries. Like, I wash my produce, but mm. that's about it. Nice. Yeah, I wash produce anyway, you know, just because. But, I mean, I think those that first week, it was so kind of, like, surreal and weird and scary that I was taking uh, those anti-sanitizer things to, like, my beer bottles and stuff like that. But other after that, it's like, okay, this is... This is kind of calming down a bit, <clears throat> or at least people are taking it seriously now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do that a couple of times, it just makes the bottle slick, and now it's a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, Pam, uh, back to you. We won't we won't spend a lot of time on on how often I have to wipe down groceries, but um, <laughs> where did gaming start for you? What were your first systems, first games? Where did it all begin? I, it began on PC. Don't ask me what exact PC. I have never really paid attention to that, but I uh, my mom worked for Xerox, who like had access to PCs very early, so I had one in my house from like when I was three or four years old, and then I got an NES as my first console. So did you learn to type really early on in life? Yeah, I learned how to type. When yeah, I, was like that, five or six. I had the same experience too, where we got a computer, or not a computer, but we got a really fancy typewriter, and my mom said like, oh, if you want to use this, it's not a toy, you need to learn how to type. So I was like, fine, mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember playing Mavis Beacon teaches typing. I think that was a little bit later, but yeah. Oh. I, uh, yeah. What games do you remember playing early early on? I forget what it's called now. There's a like there's some educational games. There was one about trucking through Canada and you have to like get your load of like produce or some kind of stuff that you're picking up and you have to like budget for like buying gas and where you're going to drop it off and I don't remember what it's called I think it might be called like cross country or something like that but I remember playing that one pretty much (laughs) and then like game shows like there was a a family feud that I played like back when the computer monitor was just like orange and black Um, (laughs) sure and the sim city like a really early sim city so back then were you taking in games like thinking about them and talking about them with your friends in a way that is the same way you do now in your videos? Like, were you very... um, Analytical. Analytical. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think the analytical part came in until a little later, like sort of maybe like grade eight, grade nine, Um, you know, talking to friends about like Final Fantasy VII or things like that uh, and playing things together. But like earlier on when it was mostly platformers and things, it was just sort of passing the controller back and forth. Not not a whole lot of discussion. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask, since you brought it up, what do you think of and and I've seen your tweets about it, too. um, What are your general thoughts on the Final Fantasy VII remake so far? Uh, It's a mixed bag so far. I found mm. the beginning of it, like the first mission where you're blowing up that first reactor was amazing. Like the first hour and a half, I was just, oh my God, this is great. This is like better than I thought it would be. And then you get to the slums and it just like slows down to a crawl and they're like, go find some cats, go fight a <laughs> a, a guy in an abandoned factory. And it's just like, what? And, it, and they're trying to like build up Cloud as a mercenary. And I'm like, I don't want to just take menial jobs for people like I want to get going and blow up more reactors but um and then it sort of picks up back again like I like some of the extras like you get to know Biggs and Wedge and Jesse uh more than you got to in the first game which I really liked but there's still just some things are like why are you adding this into the game yeah well they're adding it for the sake of adding it because the whole reason it's being made in the first place is fan service like they know this has like a fan base Mm -hmm. already there like they don't need to you know sell the game for anybody it's just fluff i guess but don't let my girlfriend know that because like final fantasy 7 is like her favorite thing ever that's (laughs) ever existed ever Mm -hmm. so 
she loves everything about it so far. Like she loves the, especially the, like, she's like, I really love how like Jesse's like a real character now mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I like them. I like that. Everyone's really, really hot. That's nice. <laughs> Tifa. Yeah. Tifa can get it for sure. <laughs> I mean, Biggs, he can get it too. Like all Dude of Dude looks like Ryu all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like, like, where did that come from? Dude's in a, like a freaking King of Fighters game all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Yeah. My most controversial opinion seems to be that I think the music is inferior to the original in every way, but a lot of people <laughs> disagree. I, no, I, I don't see the problem with that i saw that too on twitter and i guess it's a matter of like you know it's my favorite game is chrono trigger and i think about like all the remixes and revamps of the chrono trigger music and it's like yeah that's all nice and good and and all that sort of stuff and you know great job and all that sort of stuff i still like listening to the original 16-bit soundtrack when i play the game yeah i'm not doing any sort of like msu one patch or anything like that or msu two or whatever it is but yeah i i I i would prefer the original soundtrack almost every time in my opinion so i agree with you on that oh that's good yeah i i don't know what they did like i don't have a very good musical vocabulary but like the the hooks of the songs like the parts that are loudest and like bassiest in in the original are like quiet in in the new soundtrack Mm. and it's weird and it just sort of throws me off one thing i do like that they did um they did the same thing in near automata um a game from i think uh like three years ago where they record like three different at least three different versions of every theme like of tifa's theme they have like a quiet version a normal version and then like an intense battle version i really like that they did that so they Mm -hmm. can like transition between like depending on what's happening they can go between each phase so to speak i like that they did that a lot but yeah i I, i'm with you that i prefer the original soundtrack just like overall Mm -hmm. someone agrees (laughs) (laughs) twitter can be a beast when i saw that tweet and i saw that there were as many replies as there were likes i was like oh boy (laughs) Yeah. Let me click and see see what's happening. You got ratioed. I did yeah. get ratioed. <laughs> That's all right, though. You got to expect that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every once in a while. So back to uh, growing up with games. Sorry if you nerds are talking about Final Fantasy VII. I just want to step away from Don't. that for a second. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you you left a, um, a comment on one of my Nest Friend videos alluding to that either your dad or stepdad, I'm sorry, I don't remember, owned a bar with arcade games when you were growing up. And to me... That made me so jealous of your childhood, I couldn't stand it. So is that as cool (laughs) as I think it is? Or was it really, really awkward? No, it was cool. Like, I was pretty young at this point, like six, seven years old. So I would sometimes just be, like, hanging out. at. He owned a restaurant, so, like, upstairs was the main restaurant, and then there was a bar downstairs, and he would, like, turn the video poker on free play or, like, the pinball machine and stuff. So I would have something to do. (laughs) that's fun that is Mm -hmm. awesome (laughs) yeah and also uh my dad was just an alcoholic so we i my weekends with him were usually spent in bars so there was arcades (laughs) and like darts and shuffleboard i got i got into all of the bar games they had shuffleboard in a bar (laughs) oh yeah wow yeah that's that's a big bar Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like I, when I think of shuffleboard, I think of like Boca Raton, Florida, and like you know, out on the beach, <laughs> not inside of like a bar. But hey, whatever works. Yeah. He had a good taste in bars. He'd been at it for a while. He's pro. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. Yeah, that I mean, that sounds cool. I, I do remember my dad. Um, he would bring me into work sometimes, and he would set me up on like a little computer like a windows three point whatever computer and pacify me with tons of old school games so i get that dad move of hey you like these things sit here and shut up for a few hours while I do work. so <laughs> you like computer things i remember in sixth grade um actually volunteering to stay after school so i could play where in the world is carmen san diego on like our old macintosh machines and let me think this would have been 93 so whatever Macintosh model was out back then, and me and my friend Nick would stay after school just so we could like play Carmen San Diego, and I think that game <laughs> is like free on archive.org now. So I think so, probably, yeah. Yeah, I should probably check that out sometime and see if that brings back any memories. <laughs> yeah, archive.org is incredible. It is it fulfills the wish list of everything I wanted pre nineteen ninety four. It's, it's got a ton of DOS games on it now, yeah, which is incredible. tremendous. Yeah, I love it. Like, what what was that I found on it the other day? It wasn't quite Blake Stone, <laughs> Aliens of Gold, which I mentioned on a previous episode, but it was like some other like first person shooter from like way back. And I was like, damn, I can just go play that like on a browser. I can play this when I'm at like at work when I finally <laughs> go back to work. That's right. So Pam, what? Uh, jumping way ahead, unless you want to touch on how you gamed through adolescence, but I was curious what exactly inspired you to start a YouTube channel. Um, I just sort of started liking talking about and analyzing games a little more. Um, I was a big World of Warcraft player for um, a long time, <laughs> and I started a blog about World of Warcraft in like 2010, maybe, and I got that got kind of popular and I liked doing like theory crafting and like guides and things and then as I sort of lost interest in World of Warcraft I started just writing about the various video games that I was playing and then it just seemed like no one was really reading blogs anymore mm -hmm. and like once I lost that wow niche I also just like my traffic just like went way down and I was like okay well I'm gonna try doing YouTube instead. So like my first couple of YouTube videos were actually about like female characters I liked and like games that weren't sexist. Um, and then I decided to go Imagine in that. Yeah. And then I decided to go into like, hey, here's the games that I used to play as a kid. I'm going to take a another look and review them. So that's sort of, I guess, where my channel really started. Gotcha. And that was what, like five years ago? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I I checked out your uh, earliest videos for the sake of this podcast to see what was up and and the first one is is really good. I especially like uh some of the effects um of the day that were that were included because <laughs> uh, you the, the whole basis <laughs> of the video too, yeah. it was like video games that are doing it right. And I was like, "All right, that's a good point. Oh, that's a really good point." And then you had like the pink doing it right coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of hangs there for a minute, fades out. I was like, dang, that's pretty mm -hmm. good. 
And the trans, yeah, I was using like the whatever the free Windows movie editor was at that point. So like all the transitions and everything. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) So what was your audience like out of the gate with something like that? It wasn't very good. Like it was, it took a while to get a couple hundred subscribers. So like I had, you know, a bit of an audience carried over from having the blog. But yeah, it took a took a bit for the channel to start growing a lot of people nowadays don't realize that like youtube back in let's say i don't know 2013 2012 was a much different beast than it is now now it's kind of omnipresent but back then it wasn't owned by google and it wasn't the ginormous thing it was i guess it kind of was but it seemed like kind of still kind of like a like oh you have a YouTube channel it was almost like a live journal kind of a thing if anybody gets that reference. <laughs> so it's like, is that what it felt like at the time? Like your own personal like journal to like just get stuff out, or did you plan on making this like a bigger thing as you went, or how did you approach it in that sense? I always hoped that it would be a bigger thing. Um, like I never had any dreams of like being a YouTuber as like a full time job or anything. Yeah. Well, um, nobody did. It was <laughs> it was crazy. Like that's crazy to imagine back then. So it's it's you know now I've got a niece and a nephew that are uh, twelve and ten years old that are like I want to be a professional YouTuber when I grow up, and I'm just like, no, you don't. Me, you, you don't. No. So it's it's weird to think about. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure Google owned YouTube like by the time I had started my channel, but it was still like there were like the big YouTubers and um, and then the very very small YouTubers, <laughs> and there didn't right. seem to be a whole lot in the middle. But I've always been a very numbers oriented person whether it was my blog or my um my channel like i'm probably a little too concerned (laughs) with statistics and uh so yeah i always had the desire for the channel to grow but i didn't uh i i didn't really know where it would stop well rest assured we'll keep you updated on all the stats this podcast gets (laughs) (laughs) that that brings up a good point because um, both of you have sort of made tweets or made allusions to how now the the stats are the most omnipresent part of YouTube in that YouTube itself will browbeat you for mm-hmm. not meeting your <laughs> yeah. own metrics and that kind of thing. So maybe both yeah, of you can speak absolutely. to that because I I'm channels far too young for it to say, hey, you you suck worse than you did a year ago because of course I did. <laughs> Yeah. Let me. Br- I'm gonna look for that. Go ahead, Pam. But I'm gonna look for a screenshot I sent to Travis a while ago. I need to find it though. Go ahead. Yeah, it'll take your ten most recent videos, and it'll be like this video is doing worse than average. It's like, oh, <laughs> thanks. It's, Isn't I, that wonderful? <laughs> I know, especially because I do a an update video every month, which I understand. Like, it's not gonna draw as much of an audience as like a retro review or something. But every every time. YouTube's like, oh, your subscribers are less interested in this video. Like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, gee, thanks. I couldn't tell that myself from just looking at the numbers. Yeah. I need a reminder. I can't find that screenshot, but it was, I got some sort of um, reminder at the beginning of March, I think it was, or was it be- the beginning of April, I think, that was like, 
your channel only grew 12,000 viewers <laughs> this past <laughs> month. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, only? Like, that's an insane <laughs> amount of people. Like, are you kidding me? And it, they're, like, browbeating me because it's not as much as YouTube would have liked. And it's just like, oh, F yourself. Like, <laughs> stupid. The average enrollment of a standard American university subscribed <laughs> to you this month. Loser. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, why do they think that's helpful? It drives me crazy. I mean, does it ever... I've not seen this. I don't dig into it too much. But does it ever... Um, congratulate you? Does it ever say things like, hey, good month? Kind of. Yeah. If you have, like, more subscribers than usual, or if you have a video that's just getting views faster than others, it will say, hey, you're doing something right. (laughs) That's always good. Yeah. Mine right now says, keep it up. Your channel is getting 16% more views than usual. And that's because... Uh, 90% of the video is me doing my intro. <laughs> and people are re-watching that and showing their, <laughs> their wives <laughs> like I did. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, Pam, you weren't you a playtester at some point before you did videos? Yeah, I did QA uh, for a game developer and publisher for, uh, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half or two years while I was in university or maybe when I finished university I don't remember uh yeah I did that most of the games were not the best games but some of them were kind of fun and a lot of them I guess I mean these aren't maybe this was a time before like the indie wave of games that were just all stream downloadable like these are like games that got physical releases you have them on your shelf like these are big time yeah yeah they were all fairly big games uh well some of them some of them were like the budget titles you buy at walmart um and some of them were like actual triple a releases it was kind of neat because i talked about a bunch of them when i did a collection video a couple months ago and so people were like oh i played pariah i played warpath and so it's cool when people recognize some of the games i worked on um one of my cool Favorite ones to work on was Playboy the Mansion, which is like like <laughs> oh my god, it's like The Sims except you have to build your magazine empire, which is partially like getting the writers to do articles for you, and partially like doing the photo shoot of like the centerfold, and then also just throwing parties so that you can like build up your reputation and like get introduced to new models and new writers and everything. You had to test this, yeah. Yeah, I did test it. I actually, um, I did the, um, the expansion called Private Party, which is rated M for mature. Uh, so it didn't get a physical release because of that. And yeah, one of the funniest things that we did on that was we had to do a submission for the ESRB. So we had to record any instances of like violence or drugs or alcohol or sex. And so we would be doing that. And so one of my other testers, I would be like trying to get something to happen. And the tester would be like, Pam, you can't make two women have sex in the band castle i was like oh you want to bet like challenge accepted that's fantastic awesome oh my god i didn't even know that was a thing like Mm -hmm. people play these games seriously i guess (laughs) there there's a 
what were those PC? What were those DOS games called in the nineties? Uh, they had that character. I I see his face. I'm terrible with names though. What is his name? He's got like the Leisure the Suit dark... Larry. Le- Leisure Suit Larry. Yes, this is like Leisure Suit Larry. It is it what like was it like that or no? It was like, like The what... Sims. Like it it looked like The Sims. You had like a house and you could decorate it, but oh then you God. would like get get people to talk to each other you'd be like you just keep being like talk to each other talk to each other talk to each other and then they would be having sex in a bush <laughs> <laughs> well that's just sad at least these are shoot larry had like a tiny bit of like self-awareness and like you know sense of humor and just like yeah we know this is trash but you're playing it because it's trash and oh my god that just sounds loathsome <laughs> just and just awful it was one wow. of my favorite games that we made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it was, yeah. <laughs> I think as uh, a lot of gamers, I have this romantic concept of what a playtester is. Like, it's amazing, and you get to play a lot of games before a lot of other people do. You get to have your own input reflected. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, oh, you get to you get to do all this stuff. It's amazing. I imagine it's <laughs> not like that. No, you get to play the Playboy game <laughs> before it comes. Now out. that would have made me jealous, straight up. But, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I guess if you're like a teenager, yeah. What what this dispels some of the romantic ideas I have of this? Like, how painful can it be? So the most painful it got was when we weren't getting new builds very often because when things were going smoothly, you'd be getting a new build to test every couple days um uh, for a couple games like the games i really hated there was this one called world war ii combat iwo jima which was just a a budget shooter like a shitty budget shooter and we would be working on the same build for like two weeks and like i've i've logged everything at this point and the developers either have fixed it or are not fixing it like clipping issues and things so it just gets like very tedious mm-hmm. and like you're not just playing the game you're like systematically trying to break it so yeah that's um, as somebody that uh tests particular software for their real job i can identify with that very in a, in a real sense um there's a lot of copy paste involved mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like okay you haven't fixed anything so i'm just gonna say the same freaking thing back at you until you fix it yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. So did you form any analytical skills through that um, process or through that job that have, you know, been exhibited in your video making? Um, I mean, there's a bit of like sort of understanding as to how games work and how they're made. Uh, like some of the cooler things we got was when developers would be like getting a new concept for the game and they would just like sit you down into in front of it for the first time to see like are are you getting it like does it need more tutorialization does like the control scheme make sense that kind of stuff so there was definitely some learning about those things and thinking about games like that uh but yeah it's sort of a variable usefulness for making videos yeah i would imagine that would be helpful so i think a lot of people complain about things not knowing what goes into it or you know you know what i mean like i think Mm -hmm. it just it helps to be well-rounded so you've kind of seen it from the bottom up and i think that's that's a worthwhile perspective that a lot of people that make youtube videos um reviewing video games don't have yeah for sure Yeah, that's legit for sure 
So I have to ask, though, where does the name Cannot Be Tamed come from? So that is directly from my blog. Um, in World of Warcraft, I played I played in two different guilds, like raided with two different guilds. Like I played way too much World of Warcraft. Uh, so I played a hunter who's a class that can like tame animals to like help them attack and stuff. And then I played a druid, which is a class that can shapeshift into various animals. So there was always this joke about like hunters taming druids. So cannot be tamed seemed like uh. a good name for my blog since I played those two classes. And then uh, it's just a matter of the fact that branding and naming things is really hard. So that's just what I stuck with for the channel. It is, because I'm stuck with Snestrunk, <laughs> which is an awful name. And I like that you're just leaning into it, though. Why not, though? Why not? You know, I don't know what else to do. So, <laughs> and, you know, and just people are like, oh, you should change it for everything. It's like, no, I'm just fine. I, this is what I am. It's, it's like when you pick an AOL name way back in, like, the 90s, like... <laughs> Well, this is my name. I'm stuck with it. I'm I'm I just got to deal with, you know, like my AOL name back when I was a kid was Wheeze because <laughs> my cat's name was Liesel and we called her Wheeze for short and she responded to Wheeze or at least the vowel sound of the letter E. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So <laughs> I just <laughs> leaned into Wheeze and that was my name for like, you know, however many years before you know, that was my AOL screen name for God knows how many years. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's just how it ends up sometimes. And it's just like, you know what? It's just a name. It's fine. I don't I don't really care. I do think SNES Drunk is much better than SNES Wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. That's I don't true. Know. I don't know. <laughs> SNES, SNES Wheeze, you know, if I had asthma or something like yeah. that, it might be pretty cool. Well, then Wheeze but... Friend would be awkward, too. Wee... <laughs> <laughs> That might have a trouble catching up, <laughs> perhaps. So, Pam, we know you collect video games. You've shown them off. You do great collection videos. We allude to that in this intro that you haven't heard yet. Uh, I really uh, like them. You go through each game. You show a little bit of footage. You you give a mini review for each one. You're not just thumbing through a bunch of box art and boring me to death with whatever blanket <laughs> you're showing me them in the background or whatever. Um, but if... If you could only pick one console or computer or whatever to collect for from now on, what would be your pick? Huh. I think... Hmm. Probably PS2. Wow. Yes. No. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh -oh. PS2. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Xbox 360 because I really like it, but you can get most of that stuff digital. So, I'm, yeah, I'll say PS2. Oh, that's good. That's good reasoning. Any other reason why that, why that system or that era? Uh, I just think it was had like such a big and varied catalog of games. Like, there's a little bit of everything. It's got like the only sports game I've ever sunk a reasonable amount of time into. It's got some JRPGs that I really like. Some good like action adventure types. So, um, and they and for the most part, the PS2 still looks decent now unlike the ps1 which sometimes is is a little hard to go back to i have to ask what's the sports game uh espn nfl 2k4 oh the one is that the one with terrell owens on the cover where he's reaching That's for the ball 2k5 i think oh okay but still the t the 2k 
Yeah, two K four I think has Warren Sapp on the cover. Okay, mm-hmm. what made you get into that game? I really liked football um, when I was a teenager. Like I was an offensive coordinator for my high school football team, so I was just like into football. So I I loved franchise mode. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Did you have a particular like play that you you're, you're okay? It's third and fifteen. <laughs> What's your go to play? <laughs> Um, so the go-to play was to get one of the guys off defense and put him in to run the ball. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a little giant's maneuver. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Put the lunchbox back there. Yep. (laughs) Didn't you also say at one point that you liked the, I can't remember what the official name of the game was, but it was something like NFL head coach, the game. I remember that game. Uh, Was it you that said that? The ESPN one's the only one I really talk about. Oh, okay. There was an e. There was a short-lived EA Sports series called NFL Head Coach from like 2005 to 2006. The first one had like Bill Cower on the cover. I want to say the second one had like Tony Dungy, and it was all there was no football gameplay in it at all. It was just like calling plays. Here's the res- it was like a si- simming a season basically, and then afterwards you would like interact with players and it was almost like an rpg it was it was really strange actually because these people existed in real life yeah (laughs) you know imagine like oh i'm gonna role play as bill cower like (laughs) (laughs) really like why let me get my adhesive mustache and here we go (laughs) and my jaw implant (laughs) for some reason sorry pam for some reason i thought you had mentioned in some universe that you had played that game and i was impressed because I thought I was the only one to do that. So clearly Alex has too. <laughs> there you go. You're not alone. I did a little while. No. Yeah, I, I only played it for like a week. And I was just like, there's no actual football. Like, really? Like, this is just like a sim game. Like, that's kind of dumb. So I just brought it back. Yeah, it's what it's like the time before DLC. That was yeah easily. It, a it, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. So back to collecting because that's probably more entertaining than how you can role play as Bill Cower. Uh what was your best find at a, like I don't know, however you collect, thrift store, yard sale, garage sale. Do you have any of those, you know, golden goose finds that you can't stop bragging about? Uh I don't like shopping or buying games or thrifting or any of that stuff really. <laughs> um but I'm like a go to a game swap, do one lap around, okay, I'm ready to leave kind of person. Um, but what did I get? I got like a copy of Jurassic Park Operation Genesis for a pretty good price at an auction at Retro World Expo. You've been to quite a few of those like conventions, it seems like. I, I've been following you on Instagram for a while, I, I admit. <laughs> so... What are those conventions like? Like, are they just like swamped with people? Are, do you find m- very many good deals there for games if you're looking for games? Like, what's that like? Mm, I don't. I wouldn't say they have great deals for games. Um, the prices are usually pretty, pretty standard to like maybe a little less than what you'd see in an actual physical store. But okay. there's not that many great deals. They are pretty packed with people. Um, sort of depends on the convention. Like, I really like Retro World Expo because it's very much 
game focused. Uh, whereas some, like I used to go to MAGFest, I found like MAGFest kept moving away from the video games in terms of the vendor floor. And it was more like anime stuff and huh. uh, less video games. Do you find that too, Travis? Yeah, like it's just yeah. a lot of it's a lot of art and I mean a lot of that stuff's cool, but there are like maybe mm-hmm. four gaming tables tops. Yeah. Yeah, so it's nice when like the really gaming focused things, so uh yeah, but they are pretty pretty busy. Um and I I often go looking for big box PC games and there's very rarely very many of those. That's disappointing. I love big box PC stuff. And in fact, I, ju- I watched your big box PC video the other day. And I have to ask you this. Have you heard of Blake Stone Aliens of Gold? <laughs> I don't think so. It was at the tail end of that wrestling podcast you skipped. <laughs> oh. I, uh... No, it's, it's one of my favorite games of all time. And nobody else I know has heard of it. And it's just a first-person shooter that came out around the same time as Doom. And it uses the Wolfenstein engine, and it's pretty basic, you know, maze, puzzles, that sort of thing. It's it's really fun, but nobody knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) this looks just like Doom. Oh, it's by a Poggy stuff. A Poggy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, okay. They eventually did uh, Rise of the Triad. Okay. So they're well-versed in first person stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm just waiting to find somebody that knows what i'm talking about and doesn't like turn their head sideways (laughs) when i'm asking about blake stone aliens of gold (laughs) well you're o for two keep looking (laughs) it does look cool though i mean it looks like something i would have played back then i've been playing that like i've put like seven hours into it the past like three days so and that's a lot for me like for considering, like, I'm not going to do a video on it or anything like that. Why not? You should. Nah. You, that's the, the only say. way to find other Blake Stoners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Blake Stoners, is that where we're going with this? <laughs> All right. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to end up regretting bringing this up. All right. <laughs> so, Pam, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Part one of this question. Definitely an introvert. And how does, so recently your channel sort of spiked in popularity. I would say over the time that I've been familiar with you, it's tripled easily, quadrupled maybe. How does that affect, how does that clash with your introvertedness? Is it a thing? Um, a little bit. I I don't know. It's, it's not so bad since it's just like all online, but occasionally just like, I don't know, my tolerance of other human beings uh, (laughs) comes into play since like a lot of people I'll say something like not directed at anyone and like people will want to like debate me on it or argue and try to change my mind and I just like really have no no interest in that it's kind of like one of those things where like okay I want you to pay attention to me but don't talk to me (laughs) that sounds terrible um (laughs) i mean (laughs) uh, i mean i do like talking to people like i i'm very responsive in my youtube comments i've generally respond to 
I, I used to respond to like literally all of them. Now it's most of them just because they're getting a little unwieldy now. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like. Are they? I mean, there's a lot per video. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's, it, I swear to God, it's like you hit a certain plateau mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, the, the, this, a certain personality type has been unleashed. And oh, yeah. There's no going back from this. Like, it's just what you have to deal with from now on. And it's just like, okay, all right. It kind of sucks. But um, is that, please tell me that's not like affecting the content or anything like that, right? Oh, no. I, um, whenever I get the annoying or the mean comments, I try to just have fun with them and have a laugh yeah. at other people's expense. I, d- I never feel like any of that stuff ever discourages me or like makes me feel bad about my content or anything. It's usually when I get like the negative stuff or the people trying to explain video games to me or anything. It just <laughs> it just like it fuels that spite fire like it it, it doesn't discourage me. I totally I'm totally with you on that. And you make some great videos based on that. You turn around and just like, hey, I'm just going to like make content out of this, mm-hmm. which is tremendous. I think more people should do what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I, I like it. I like how your latest video, or I think it was your latest video, <laughs> you did that. That was the idea. And it really kind of avalanched into something I wasn't expecting. It ended up getting like 3,000 comments, which is wow! what the hell do I do with all this? And I'm one of those people that feels the pressure to like respond in those situations when I I put myself out there for comedy's sake, because that's what it was. It was a comedy video. It was Mm -hmm. just like, this is dumb. Like people are complaining about something stupid. Yeah. So I'm going to point out how stupid this is. Do you feel... And then you get like these comments, which are mostly positive, but I it's still overwhelming, even if it is positive. Do you feel that too, occasionally? Like, even if it is positive, it's like, holy, I can't even keep up with this? Or how do you how do you deal with those kind of, that kind of sensation, I guess? Uh, I don't know. It's hard because, yeah, I do want to respond to everyone. Like, if everyone takes time out of their day to, like, leave me a comment, I want to respond. And even if it's, if it's like, nice things, like, you get to a point where, you know, like, 12 people will make the same joke in reference to something that you've said in the video or like a lot of people will point out the same thing and it just gets tiring even if I'm like sure it's done, done in, in the yeah. best of intentions and everything so it it does sometimes get like a little bit exhausting and sometimes I feel bad that I'll like respond to one person but not another person just because like okay I've hit my threshold on responding to this type of comment for now so uh yeah i don't i don't really know if i have any advice or any like specific way of dealing with it please tell me what to do i don't know what to do (laughs) it is weird though by the time Um, i get to your guys's videos i it's several thousand views already hundreds of comments and i'm scrolling through and i'm like oh i was gonna say that (laughs) and i end up not commenting but just know i watch and and love everything you guys do I keep it to myself. Thank you. <laughs> See, in a way, it's like, oh, just comment anyways, uh, you know, because I like comments. But in another, it's like, thank you. I wish more people would see. Like, has anyone made this joke yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I do my homework. 
Snestrunk <laughs> knows. I, I'm always doing the homework, making sure. No, that, this guy's got a, this big outline in front of me that I'm staring at. I've been staring <laughs> at the past. And next on that <laughs> outline, 40 minutes. before we get to listener questions, Pam, mm-hmm. will there ever be another Media Mavens? Will the podcast ever come back? I don't know. I hope so. Um, I'm pretty sure Riley is finishing her second year in South Korea and then coming home. So maybe. I was just playing Jackbox games with her and her boyfriend and Sarah, who was a sometimes co-host last night. So um, I would like that because I really like podcasting and I do miss it, which is why I... I'm very happy anytime anyone invites me on their podcast <laughs> that I don't have to edit. Oh, true that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Travis, you're going to edit this one, right? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get to listener questions? Let's do it. Let's jump in. Okay, so our first one is from Button Masher Chat. I don't know what kind of name that is, but uh, he says, Thoughts on the current market for after aftermarket retro consoles, like analog or polymega, that sort of thing. Go ahead, Pam. Um, uh, <laughs> None? Uh, the Polymega looks neat. Uh, I'd like, I mean, right now I have a Framemeister, so I've just got all my original consoles hooked up so that I can play and record them pretty easily. But I, I do like the idea of consoles that can easily connect to modern television, since I don't, I don't have any particular... Um, allegiance to CRTs. Uh, so I, I like the idea of them. Sometimes they're expensive. Like the Polymega looks really expensive for all of the different modules for the system. But like I'd love to have like a, a Sega CD one that was just like super easy mm. to plug in rather than using my XI. Oh, totally with you on that. Yeah, Sega CD is... Or even uh, like a... Even some of the like, weirder stuff, like Jaguar CD, the stuff that breaks easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what if I just want to play those games, you know? And there's no other way to play them other than those crappy, finicky, you know, cheap, put to- thrown together laser, you know, uh, CD things. But since you mentioned Framemeister, I do have to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Um, some advice, perhaps. <laughs> so I've never been able to get audio out of my PS2 when I connect it to my computer. I don't know what it is when I connect it to my computer through my FrameMeister into my computer and I use OBS to get footage. I can get video just fine, but for some reason I can't get audio. Have you ever used it for PS2 by any chance? I use it for PS2, but I just play it through my television and I have like a a pass-through a video okay. recorder like i don't involve my computer at all you don't you don't th- put it through your computer mm-hmm. at all okay good to know i'm i might have to try that then because when i try and use obs with it it's just like i no matter what settings i mess with there's just no audio i was gonna do some ridiculous like tiger woods golf 2006 thing <laughs> <laughs> and it was it's like well this isn't as fun if there's no audio so i just kind of gave up if you out there have the answer, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Let us know. Uh, I drank all my wine. Oh, sorry. sorry. Well, oh, no. We're almost Go done ahead. What? No, no, no. It's fine. What does everyone else think about these consoles? Uh, I, I, I don't own these. I have an analog um, 
what is it an analog nt for the super nintendo it's tremendous i love it it's freaking fantastic it looks awesome on my um i have an lg i'm looking at it now i'm trying to remember (laughs) it's an lg (laughs) um it's just a small lg like you know, LCD TV in my like office and it looks awesome. And when I use it on our big TV, it looks amazing and it runs, you know, original cartridges. It runs off of the cartridges. It's not just an emulation box. And I think it's absolutely worth it. I think it's awesome. So nice. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I don't have, I have zero experience with Polymega, but the analog NT is a plus. I'm for whatever can help people play more retro games. That's a good thing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so, I know, right? My thoughts are positive. Me too. Okay, I guess we're up for the second question. This is from Raphael, one of the Ninja Turtles, of course. Uh, how long <laughs> does it take to make a video considering playtime? Uh, which one took the longest slash shortest? I just have to point out real quick that um, I saw Pam mention on twitter a while ago (laughs) that she put like what was it like 98 meg or 98 megs i wish 98 gigs Mm -hmm. of data on suikoden are you kidding me that's crazy yeah i mean that's the whole playthrough minus a couple hours through a frame meister so wow was it heavier after it had all that data in it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Even, uh, what did I do? My next video is going to be on Rayman, and I have 46 gigabytes oh, right of Rayman footage on my computer right now. Uh, That's so crazy. Yeah. See, when I record footage, I have to like pick and choose my spots because I don't have that much room. Mm. I mean, I have some room, but I'm still like, okay, I'm playing some some such and such RPG I'm going to go in, I'm going to record this dialogue sequence and hope it leads to something I might eventually talk about or something I might, you know, mention. And I'm going to record parts of this uh, battle or whatever, or parts of the overworld. I can't, like, I don't know. I just don't have enough space to do that. So I'm super envious that you can do that sort of thing. But it must take forever to, like, do you make timestamps then to like find stuff after no. you record? No, I was actually I listened to uh, the episode you had with Daria a couple weeks ago, and yeah. I, I, I'm very similar to her in how I work. I think <laughs> uh, no timestamps, just scrubbing through twenty hours of video when I you just go like to skipping edit. through like yeah, okay, s- skip ahead with the mouse, skip ahead with the mouse. Yeah, like okay, what's this? What's this? What's this? My computer would melt through my desk. <laughs> That's how I am too, but it's like I have so much fewer footage to like sort through. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice to do like a, a Xbox game because then I can just be like record the last two minutes, record the last two minutes. Oh, but then right. when I actually get to editing, I'm like, oh, I didn't record enough two minute segments, and then I have to go back and get more. Oh my god, that's the story <laughs> of my life. And then there's the embarrassing moment where you're talking about something and you're ju- you're you're mentioning something. It's just like, yeah, I got I got nothing for this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll often just cut it out of the script. I'm like, oh, no footage for this. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I might have to do that occasionally. <laughs> These are good pointers because I, I just did the uh, the Power Punch two video a few weeks ago, and I never actually showed anyone doing a Power Punch the whole time, <laughs> and I was like, well. I'm not playing that stupid game again, so we're just not going to have it in there. And I'm, no one mentioned it, so. 
I mean, a lot of people will make videos where they just like seemingly put random footage in the background while they're talking. So I feel like if you're you're trying to be deliberate about it, you're already like a step up. Yeah, that's true. I, I have noticed that with other folks where it's just like, here's a 30 second clip nonstop of stuff while I talk about like three different things. And it's like, well, that works, I guess. So I so guess what was the question? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. sorry. It was <laughs> it was um, uh, how long does it take to make a video considering playtime? And I probably do it differently than you two in that one. I already play NES games, which are way shorter. Uh, that was by choice. I was like, I'm going to get off easy. I'm not going to play Super Nintendo games, longer Genesis games. I'm not going to play PC games. I'm just going to play NES games that I know at most, aside from a few, will take me about an hour. So that's already nice. So my play times are about an hour, maybe two hours if I'm struggling or it doesn't have Game Genie codes I can just cheat through. Um, so it takes me, after that, it takes me about an hour to research some fun facts and write a script. I'll pour through that Wikipedia page. I'm not ashamed to admit I've copy and pasted a few sentences from Wikipedia and then made them funnier if I could. Um, <laughs> I also get my friend. I know what you mean by that, by the way. What do you mean? Where you just like copy paste and then it's just like, I can take these words and twist them. To make them, you know, just like completely rearrange the sentence, not even using any of the same words. It's just like, how can I phrase this differently? Basically, oh, I do that all the time, or just yeah. add some reactionary thing at the end of the sentence. Like the yeah. recently, I was writing about the Rambo game. It's not a video that's out yet, but it's one I'm working on. And I, oh no, I wrote like the first paragraph, thinking after having played the entire game that it was based on the first movie. And then realized halfway through, I'm like, shit, it's based on the second movie. And so I pulled a sentence out of Wikipedia that says, like, it's based on Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. And then I just added, which is widely accepted as the most confusing, you know, film title in history. Um, and then I, I use that to riff on the entire time. I start calling my video Rambo first review part one I, I just do <laughs> so i just i get lazy and just try to make up for it with humor um but after i write a script sometimes if it's a if it's a video series or a, a a game that is popular um i'll get my friend musty hobbit follow him on twitch to proofread it Woo-hoo! i just do that to make sure i'm like dude are you offended by this if you loved this would you be offended like did i say anything so wrong because I'm doing an, an X-Men video uh, soon, too, and I'm like, I don't need the comic book people after me, man. Make sure I'm good. Read, like, is is Uncanny, is that a spinoff or just a continuation of regular X-Men? Like, I don't want to get that wrong. That's the kind of comments that hey, I man, don't want. Uncanny is the original. Yeah. And then this, everything else is a spinoff. You should know that. Come on. Turns out you're, you're right, actually. That would have been the first comment I got. Um, VO takes voiceover takes 30 minutes editing it all together one to two hours i think in total i'm a three to four hours guy per video unless it's a bunch of you know like a compilation or something to answer that question thoroughly that is a very thorough you're welcome Raphael. but it's interesting to know because that's for nes videos which like you said are are shorter games and even even with a shorter game that's going to take more than enough you know as that much time to to get into something cohesive as a cohesive narrative um go ahead pam what's how long does it usually take you 
Uh, I'd say probably 10 to 20 hours per video. Wow. Like I'll play through, unless I hate it. If I hate it, I won't play through the whole game. <laughs> but if I like it, I will play through the whole game. I will use save states, but I don't like skip levels or anything. So I'll play through the whole game. And then recording the voiceover usually takes about three times as long as the script. And then editing the voiceover audio. Um, oh, I guess before that, I have to write a script, which is where the procrastination comes in. Mm. Like the actual pen to paper, keyboard yes. typing doesn't might only take a few hours but there's a lot of procrastination there's some research for like fun facts or interesting history or maybe i'll look for like other videos that show like interviews with developers or things like that um and then the on camera usually takes about an hour and then editing the voice oh editing the audio from that takes a while and then the full edit takes depending on how long the video is, like between three to five hours generally. So, and the, the, the longest videos that it took me to make were Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, just because I started writing that probably three years before the video actually came out. Okay. <laughs> so there was a lot that went into that. And then The Dig, just because there was a lot of research, like a lot more research than I usually did since it was like part review, part sort of history documentary type video that's my favorite video of yours by the way i really like that so the hard work paid off it's it's astounding thank you that is my favorite i well i think it's my best video so that was pretty recent right that was within the past uh a couple months i think past year mm, yeah. six past months year? a year yeah oh yeah sorry it's all right <laughs> <laughs> i just remember seeing it recently and being like I think I need to play this. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What's uh, what's the average turnaround time on a on a drunk video? It all depends on the genre. Um, if I'm doing a beat 'em up or a shoot 'em up video, uh, those you'll know that I'm pressed for time because those don't take long at all. Like even the script is like seven paragraphs. Um, it's like okay, how many levels? How many lives do you get? How many continues? Is there a saver password system? Um, is there a ridiculous comical story that I need to describe? If not, skip that. Um, then it's just like an editorial after that, basically. Like, is there anything like interesting that happens throughout the game? Is there, you know, like right now I'm looking at, um, I had no idea this existed. It, uh, it's Batman Forever, the arcade game. I was only familiar with Batman Forever, the absolutely god awful Super Nintendo Sega Genesis games. But it turns out there's a Batman Forever arcade game that was ported to Sega Saturn and PlayStation. And I'm playing the arcade game and I'm it's it's super surreal because it's like it's got that photo digitized graphics, the same as like Mortal Kombat, but you still get those same power ups <laughs> where you know how it is in beat em ups when you get a power up your your character like flexes and screams and like does this like weird pose and that's happening with a photorealistic character and it's like that wasn't a good idea i don't think but it looks super goofy but uh i don't know it's 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 extremely weird i've never seen this game before in my life but yeah i'm working on this game now oh, nice. i was earlier this afternoon and it's very strange uh second player plays as robin um 
it's just i love arcade beat-em-ups it's it's a soft spot for me they're so fun and so stupid so they're they're so off the wall and ridiculous those don't take long at all um the longest games are games like seventh saga which are just absurd and take forever um rpgs always take forever i'm working on one now called um far east of eden or i guess technically far east of eden zero Hmm. um it's that one's tough because it's you know it's a long play time it's you got to get a a real good feel for the story you got to get a good feel for each character what they are what their fighting style is like like pam how long did it take you to do the sweet coden video it must have taken at least a while yeah well the my game time was about 22 hours yeah so that obviously added a bunch to it but i did find that like writing it and um editing it didn't take as long as i expected it to so yeah that was probably more closer to 30 hours just because of the gameplay time but you already kind of have your made your mind made up you know your notes and your your mental notes in your head like oh i need to say this about this and this about this and yeah that sort of thing and i try not to do a whole lot of like story summary in my videos um so i feel like that saves saves time as well (laughs) is that because of spoilers no i don't super care about spoilers um Mm. although people would be like you've spoiled gun knack for me i'm like really i I spoiled gun (laughs) there were carrots (laughs) uh so no it's spoiled nba jam for me how dare you (laughs) Um, you told me the Bulls are the best team. How am I supposed to play this game now? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, just sort of not... Like, I like analyzing, like, themes and things, but, like, the actual, oh, sure, like, beat-by-beat yeah. beat story things, it's like, ah, people can find that out for themselves. That's a good point, yeah. I made the mistake of spoiling uh, Super Metroid to a certain extent way back in the wee days of 2014, um, I made the dumb mistake. It was my fault. I made the dumb mistake of giving away what the final battle was. See, I wouldn't and, consider uh, that the- a spoiler. But What's that? I wouldn't consider that a spoiler. But <laughs> what you mean, like what Mother Brain eventually is? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't consider okay, because lots of people do. Maybe it's just because I ma- feel like the Super Metroid story is doesn't matter. But <laughs> oh come on, boo! <laughs> ratio. You can be one of those. <laughs> One of those people commenting on my videos that I'm just bad yeah, at I was video gonna, games. I was meaning to bring that up <laughs> on your on on here because I love Super Metroid, but I get you know it's I get why people it's not everybody's bag. Is there anything you would change about that game yourself? Like, especially speaking as a playtester, like, is there anything you would suggest that you would change? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I said it in the video, but just like some pretty simple control changes, like having a primary and a secondary fire button rather than having to like go through all the secondary weapons and then use With your the prim- select button. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that I mean, that was the big one. And then I just thought the, the hook shot or whatever it call- it's called is just bad <laughs> and then it should be better. <laughs> you brought up the uh, the wall jump, too, didn't you? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad there's somebody else that that also agrees with me on that. So yeah, I didn't think it worked well 
And someone actually commented, they're like, oh, at nine minutes and 42 seconds, you did a wall jump. And I was like, oh, well, that's news to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we have one more question from Scary Jersey Guy. Oh, no, I don't want to hear this question. so scary. Um, it's, we'll make it short and sweet since we're getting late here. Um, if you could go back and redo one video, which one and why? Any takers on that one? Well, I, I already redid two videos. You did. You did. You redid Secret of Evermore, didn't you? I did read it. I redid Secret of Evermore and I redid Top Gear, <laughs> the, the whole Top Gear series. So you've already answered the question and you've already done it. I guess, but I would also redo, uh, I don't know, um, Link's Awakening, so I could talk about how much I like it again. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What about you, Pam? Um, I think, like, my first couple, like, the one I did on Kenzie Kensington from Saints Row, um, like, I really liked my script for that video, but my delivery and, as you mentioned, my uh, editing <laughs> capabilities were not very good. <laughs> so... What did you think of Daria saying that she was like super like confident on her first videos? Like, yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> like, is that how you felt too? Or was there like kind of a learning curve at first? I definitely think there was a, a learning curve for me. Like, I didn't really know anything about audio or editing. I mean, I think the audio is, is the worst part for me sometimes, like going back and be like, oh, like, those plosive sounds and like the just all of that stuff but no i i i didn't feel particularly confident at first actually i i don't feel like going back and like through my videos through the years i don't feel like i got super confident talking to the camera or even doing voiceover until like a couple years ago so wow that's interesting because you've been on camera for years and years now Mm mm-hmm I don't know, just like I going like looking even a few years ago, like I look super nervous, and <laughs> I, sometimes you can see my eyes darting off to like the script that's sitting in my lap. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm with you. I I have no interest on in ever appearing on camera. The only time I do is when I'm on Patreon, mm. um, and I just show up on there and just like say hey everybody, but um. I don't know how you do it. Like you're you're very brave in that I I don't have the courage that you do to and I don't mean that in any other way other than like I admire what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of it's just like there's less women doing this, so I'm going to make sure everyone knows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah. Um you you probably get your fair share of comments in that regard too, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Like, when I started my channel, it it was, like, the beginning of 2015, and actually one of the other reasons, aside from just no one reading my blog anymore, was, like, after, like, Gamergate and everything happened, and, like, people were getting, like, chased out of gaming, I was like, no, I'm gonna be more visible. Take that. So, (laughs) that's sort of part of, uh, why I'm on camera. And also, like, I've never really given the impression that like these are my objective reviews like these are like my thoughts on video games that are personal to me like i'm so i feel like i'm a big part 
of my channel. It's, you know, I'm not trying to just, like, give people facts and information. This is the definitive review <laughs> yes. of Sweet Conan or whatever. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's like, this is the only opinion allowed. Mm -hmm. There's no other opinions ever. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Well, so far, my channel is so young, I don't think it's evolved so much that I would change too much i think everyone kind of wishes they would go back or to go back and do redo their first things like even maybe more podcasting for me like the first uh, 80 i'd delete from the internet hard hard delete um <laughs> but you know you that's you get better i can't stand to listen to them i'll, I'll throw up but <laughs> but i you do get better and i'm proud of the ones that i've done recently and especially with nest friend too so i think it's you, you grow and you get to a point where you're you're proud of it and, and maybe more proud than you were to start with because it the proofs in the pudding people are showing up they're commenting and that's when you kind of feel like there's something there so i think with with nest friend a good thing also is that like you got you solicited feedback early yes. on yes I which did. is good like, I was just, like, doing this all myself. Don't know what I'm doing, but just going for it. Whereas, like, right. <laughs> you seem to have, like, internalized some feedback. So I think you had a, a pretty strong start. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it helps when you, you copy the guy who you're eventually on That's a podcast true. with. It, it doesn't hurt. To, to <laughs> Copying also helps. I borrowed that formula. Yeah. But I will say a lot of the feedback I got early was, you know, there's a lot of Nest stuff out there already, and I can read a Wikipedia. I don't I don't think you can, I don't think it's going to be. That was a lot That's of it. That's one Aww. thing that, that bothers me about a lot of video reviews out there is, like, <laughs> they do the whole thing. I know I've talked about this before, but it's like Guardian Legend was made by such and such in the year 1989. And it was published by such and such. It's like dryly reading the right column of <laughs> Wikipedia. And it's just like, I can go read that myself. Like, I don't need a video for that. It's like, come on, dude. Like, make it. I'm not saying make it entertaining. I'm saying, like, make it worthwhile. Like, just make it something other than a Wikipedia article. Yeah, find a fun fact in there and then highlight that. Make that interesting. Yeah, yeah. a fun fact, like, um, what it is, whatever it is that you were chasing, I can't, that I, I wish I could remember. Oh, that mistranslation for the... Twin Eagle? <laughs> <laughs> I'll find the it. The Twin Eagle thing, yeah. I'll find it. I haven't found it yet. You're still on that quest. Drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com if you know anything. That should be an RPG at this point. <laughs> the quest for the for the Twin Eagle mistranslation. The quest for the mistranslated Twin Eagle quote. Oh, yes, that, that needs to be an RPG. <laughs> uh, I, I guess with, that does it for all of our questions, our listener questions. So is that, does that wrap up an episode of, of Drunk Friend? Sure. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> who's in charge it. here okay i guess i'll be in charge uh well pam thank you for coming We're on our show working on that <laughs> thank you for coming on our show and answering a few questions pam you're awesome thank you for coming on thank you for having me yeah and i'll make it awkward for for alex here and say i also want to thank you because you've always been a supporter of all the things i've done not only with nest friend but also with polykill and all that so that truly does mean a lot so thank you for that if you would like to plug some stuff where can people find you and maybe can you leave a hint for what you know maybe an upcoming project or something 
Sure. So my channel is Cannot Be Tamed. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, my the video I'm currently working on, which I should be should have scripted this weekend, but I did not, uh, is <laughs> a review of Rayman on PS One, which uh-huh. is a game I thought was like super fun and um, oh no friendly, and is actually like the hardest game I've ever finished. Oh no! Yeah, oh. it's so hard. Oh, no. um, uh, yeah, I don't know. When I played it, when I was I don't know, twelve or thirteen, I must have only played the first world because after that, it it's just like a difficulty cliff. Um, and it's yeah. So that will be coming hopefully sometime this week. Um, and then I'm doing a Q&A for my forty thousand subscriber milestone. Awesome! Congrats. Woo-hoo! And yeah, thank you. And yeah, that's that's what I have on the go for now. Oh, and Lands of Lore. I'm going to make a big video on Lands of Lore. Lands of Lore. Mm-hmm. My my older brother had that game for PC. And Patrick Stewart does the voice of the king, right? He does. Yes. Oh, I remember that game. That game is tremendous. Mhm. I've been replaying it. The shopkeeper does this like voice that's obs- that made me laugh I, I, if i remember correctly i don't remember exactly but it's when you buy a weapon he's he makes this voice that's like excellent weapon or something like that <laughs> and i'm like is that that guy's real voice or what like, oh i love lands of lore that's one of my favorites from way back when yeah, mine too. And then I hated the sequels, <laughs> but the first one was so good. I didn't even know it had a sequel, huh? You'll learn more about it whenever I make the video. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Excited for that. Well, all right, everyone. That's been another Drunk Friend podcast. Be sure to check out polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And once again, reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com if you know how to make a PS2 make noise and if you know what happened to that mistranslation. <laughs> If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. You can find Pam at Josila underscore. Also, we want to give a shout out to Kulo for the podcast music. The song you heard is called Electric Starbounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers.